0: Get ready to listen, learn, and earn CE hours. This podcast features content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit elitelearning.com/slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Rounding, I, I think rounding is such an exceptional way, and, and thank goodness. It is done, but quite often we see leaders who skip out of rounding and uh, I always think that's so unfortunate, Um, especially on the ops or the administrative side when they step out because that's a way to really bridge a gap and to break down barriers, to remove those preconceived notions, to ask those questions that you've always wanted to ask. Um, but it goes a long way in those situations where you come to the table and there's conflict because you now have really gotten to hear exactly what's going, out, going on out in that field. And you can bring a healthy perspective back uh, and kind of and reduce that or bring that conflict down again.
1: Welcome back to the third and final episode in our series on overcoming common obstacles that teams encounter. Returning are Bridget Sarikas and Kathy Scott as our subject matter experts. Welcome back, ladies. Great to be here. Thank you. And I am Leanna McGuire, your host for this Elite Learning Podcast. In the first episode, we talked about individual sources of conflict, and then transitioned in episode two to interpersonal sources of conflict. In this final episode today, we will talk about organizational sources of conflict. So this will be another interesting discussion. Uh, with the two of you. So organizational sources of conflict include what? Give us some examples. Oh, boy, this is
2: another long list, which we won't go through. But um, but it's things things like, well, I'll just throw out short staffing. That could be an organizational source of conflict Um, or job stress or pace, the pace that the organization is going, or a lousy workflow that just drives you nuts, um, or even things like tight controls and loose controls. Tight controls are, I can't do anything without getting another person's signature, um, and their signature, and their signature, um, and you feel like you're always in a bureaucratic uh, maze. Um, So those are just a few. Um, oh, and I'll, let me throw in one more because this one is so important, and that is competing goals. Um, organizations always have competing goals and it can become very, very frustrating when you're trying to achieve both, um, you know goals. So those are a few of the sources that come to mind. Wow,
0: yeah, th- those are great. And then I would also say sometimes um, along the goal line is when you have, uh 15 different priorities and they want them all prioritized at the exact same time, right? Talk about conflict. Woo. I mean organizational conflict and no one's willing to give on a priority. They all want and you say, "Well, can you help me prioritize? They they all need to be done." Uh, oh, okay, that was helpful. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah,
1: that is a good example. You often hear that I don't think they realize what's on my plate. Uh, you know, you often hear that from people. Okay. Um uh, those competing goals you said uh, would productivity there's productivity and then there's quality would that be an example boy that's a famous one
2: um it and it is it is just rampant in healthcare so we say we are very quality and safety oriented and then we throw out these productivity um, measures that, um, seem to be in direct competition often, um, particularly when you start ratcheting expenses down and you haven't redone the workflows. Um, so you're, you're just piling on top of a dysfunctional system. So yeah, that is a huge one.
0: Yeah. One I love, especially around that whole topic when you're having that, um, and it's a, a productivity killer is you have meeting-itis. I mean, meeting after meeting after meeting. So, you know, in your essence to achieve productivity, you're highly unproductive.
1: Yeah, there's no time to be productive. Yeah.
2: And those meetings are don't have clear agendas. They do not have, the people aren't even sure what they're supposed to accomplish. They don't really have goals. Um, and I mean, that is a huge organizational Nightmare um, that creates all kinds of productivity issues and, and disenfranchises the members. It's just coming together to come together.
0: Yeah, we often call that roaming around in the wilderness. I mean, and you can feel it. You can sense it when you're all at that table or in those sessions. It is just
1: randomness everywhere. And the short staffing, yeah. just to go back to that temporarily, that seems to be a huge issue, certainly right now. Uh, there have been cases where you know, nurses are getting completely burned out at the bedside and feel like they need a good vacation, but they're denying the vacation because they don't have the staff, which then leads them to say, you know, forget this. Uh, That seems to be happening pretty regularly. So that's a huge organizational conflict, correct? Wow,
2: it is, it is major, and not just um, in one profession, but in, in healthcare, in multiple professions, and it creates all, source, all, all uh, sorts of conflict, especially when the people who are impacted by that are not involved in making decisions about that and are not involved in problem-solving. When it comes from the top, down um, the conflict begins good point yes
0: and that happens so often but that's where you know really reevaluating the value equation is so important because the value that you bring and how it's evaluated you know that can also cause a source of conflict which is happening in the staffing world right now right oh don't
2: get me started on that (laughs) so nurses nurses are counted in as part of the room cost uh, one that's extremely insulting, um, and the value that a nurse brings to um, healthcare and to the bedside needs to be recognized, and and the incentives need to change um, to to um, understand that value and what it brings. So, just the whole financial model of healthcare is another organizational um, conflict producer uh, in healthcare.
0: Yeah. And I would I would say that uh, that is an area, too, where we've got to stop ignoring that. You know, don't ignore that conflict. Meet that head on. Have those really good conversations. Bring those individuals to the table. But that's when, you know, you often see people just ignoring it. Oh, there's we're too busy for that. We'll, we'll, We'll discuss that another day. No. I mean, it is a source of conflict.
1: Let's deal with it. Yes. Using neutral language. (laughs) I'm going back to our last episode. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely (laughs) right. I 100% agree with that. Okay. Two essential. um, Let's talk about some essential or two essential attributes for promoting successful win-win interactions. Can we have win-win interactions in this organizational sources of content? You
2: can. All right. All right. I think one way is uh, some transparency to, to really be talking about the real issues versus the hidden agendas or the, um, the politically correct. You, we've got to get to really talking about um, the real issues together, as Bridget was just talking about. Um, and, that requ- and having a sense of curiosity. I mean, be interested in what the other person has to say. Uh, they might know something you don't. Uh, they think differently than you. They might spark a new idea in, um, in you, and um, it, it, those two go together beautifully um, and can lead to much more productive conversations.
0: Yeah, and curiosity. I mean, no one, no one has a problem with you being curious. I, I've never heard anyone say, "Gosh, I wish you would not be so curious." I, I just never heard that. Um, again, it's how you question. Uh, you know um, that that spark of energy when you're curious, it can be quite contagious. Uh, so think about think think about that when you're doing that.
1: I would think that two statements like, uh, for example, "We've always done it that way," or <laughs> "It's just the way it is," would not be examples of curiosity. That's kind of like fingernails Isn't on a it? chalkboard, right, kind of you know, when
2: when and. And you know what? When Bridget and I are consulting, we often hear that. So tell us why you're doing this. Oh, well, we've always done it that way. I I, I do want to use not neutral language at that point, but (laughs) I I have trained myself to say, tell me more about that. (laughs) Um, Because they can see it's not working, but continue to do it over and over again. And it's time to look at it in another way yeah
0: yeah which is where the curiosity comes right back to it right which is so great because someone who is curious and has that curious mindset can say hey can we think about it different i'm a a little curious about it what if we did something this way and when you approach it that way people are a little bit more open-minded because um they don't their guard doesn't go up right they're saying oh yeah maybe maybe you're right i'm curious about that too
1: Right. So investigating each other's needs in a neutral environment, right? Was that what you basically? Yeah, exactly. That's helpful. Yeah, and very helpful. So would you recommend to someone who's not in a management or leadership position to actively investigate the needs of their leader? I think it's pretty smart. Um, when uh,
2: your leader has their goals, um, you have your goals, and how can you Bring the two together, and it ha- will often help you understand why the leader is is behaving the way they are, or delegating the way they are, prioritizing. So, yeah, um, always important to um, understand each other's needs and to ask, "Tell me what it is you need from this," or uh, "Tell, tell, I, I'd want to understand why this is so important." And uh, that goes a long way in in you know promoting a win win interaction.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes depending upon how high up that leader is, they may have this persona of they are um, you know they they are not going to meet. They're really unapproachable. Uh, but if you if if and if you have that attitude of oh no one's ever met with them about that why would we well how about why not have you ever asked. And if you ask and that leader says, oh, I would love to talk about that. I mean, you, you actually probably wouldn't get surprised because sometimes those personas are just, you know, the preconceived, you, you know, perception becomes nine tenths of the law instead of just trying to buck that perception and go ahead and ask the question. Again, curiosity comes back into that.
1: Right. Instead of as adults, we love rationale, but you shouldn't be waiting for someone to share that with you because it may not come. And that may be simply because they just aren't thinking about that in those terms. They should, but... Um, that's so it, the
2: beautiful thing about rounds. People are, oh, when, yes. when the leader's out actually rounding, people are much more comfortable Love that. talking to them in their space. And, and mm-hmm. that's a great time to ask your leader questions about things that, you know, are confusing to you or just to understand where, where that individual's coming from. But it's also important for you to express what your needs are. Uh-huh. So this is a two-way street. So to say, well, I, I need to understand this. Well, this is why I'm asking because this is really important to us and it's getting in the way of that. Um, uh, people need to speak up. And we'll, and when you can do that, whether you're the leader or the entry-level worker, it, it's a really powerful conversation. And you're not demanding, you're just saying, we have needs that are being met, and, and we've got to find a way through to be to meet both of our needs here.
0: Yeah, rounding, I, I think rounding is such an exceptional way, and, and thank goodness it is done. But quite often, we see leaders who skip out of rounding, and uh, I always think that's so unfortunate, um, especially on the ops or the administrative side when they step out, because that's a way to really bridge a gap and to break down barriers, to remove those preconceived notions, to ask those questions that you've always wanted to ask. Um, but it goes a long way in those situations where you come to the table and there's conflict because you now have really gotten to hear exactly what's going, out, going on out in that field. And you can bring a healthy perspective back uh, and kind of and reduce that or bring that conflict down again. And you can also round virtually. So let's oh, not forget that. Yes, um, good point. set up
2: with your team, you know, um, this is just a check-in, um, no agenda, just to check in um, and have conversations that are more
1: spontaneous and transparent, hopefully. So prioritizing rounds, it, it, it does generally be one of those things that can easily be pushed aside if something else comes yeah. up. So that's that's really important also it's you know uh, i think that people and I, I i'm pretty sure you'll agree with this if they don't have a rationale for something they make it up you know the only reason you're doing that is because of fill in the blank and that just creates more conflict over and over again
2: yeah we do we do make up a lot of stuff <laughs> in a vacuum of information so that, that is important to know and and that's another reason those conversations are so important
0: yeah, so I, I think, think it's also important to, sorry, I think in, just one more point. I think it's really yeah. important to make sure that when when you are in those conversations or you're going around with rounds, that you, you actually follow up. So if you say you're going to do something, don't just walk away and then not do it, right? I mean, that, again, impacts trust. Conflict begins because they heard you say, I'm going to follow up with, with you and I'll get back on that. And then they don't. And so that causes such, um, again, that distrust and conflict comes right back, right back, storm and radiant to, you know, to greet you. So uh, make sure you follow up on those things. Puts a hole in the trust
1: bucket. We don't need yeah. that. Now, reading the signs, it's important to read the signs when trouble or troubles brewing. Um, what are some red flags to pay attention to? Oh, wow. Uh, one is...
2: Um, Certainty when people are, I'm sure of this, or when you use words like um, everybody, all of us, you know. So the, those those words that are are um, exaggerated, uh, and that that's one. And and the other one to really watch out for is arrogance. Yeah. Uh, when you have someone in the room who really believes they know everything and they're the answer. Um, uh, that is a huge red flag and, and both of those need to be dealt with. Um, maybe not in the room the first time or the second, um, but maybe the third, if they, if they're not getting it, um, to have, pull them aside and have a conversation about, about that.
0: Yeah. And I think those individuals that just love to, um, take over a meeting and talk all the time or answer every question, they just have to talk to hear themselves talk. Um, again, that can phew, that can just demotivate a whole team, and eventually people just
1: stop wanting to go to those meetings. Right. Yeah. And um, can anyone within the team draw this to someone's attention, or say something, or should that be punted to the leader, or what do you see? How do you see that scenario playing? No. Well, a high performing
2: team manages itself.
1: They nice. don't wait for
2: the leader to do that. Excellent. But. Um, if you're not a high-performing team, um, or you're a novice, um, you're probably going to be a little more careful about that. Um, and if the team isn't taking that on, the leader certainly should, needs to. Um, but uh, so it depends on the maturity, I would say, of a team. On, but someone needs to take it on. Right. Ideally, it'd be peer to peer. Excellent.
1: Excellent. All right. Um, organizational conflict is certainly something that sounds familiar to most people listening, I think. And I would think that there are some um, familiar tones to all three of our episodes. So during this podcast series on overcoming common obstacles that teams encounter, we have talked about individual sources of conflict, interpersonal sources of conflict, and now organizational sources of conflict. Any final thoughts or comments on the series before we close out? I guess my final
2: comment is, with all that conflict going on, it's probably important to get, one, more comfortable with conflict, and two, some skills around identifying it, de-escalating it, working through it, managing it. It's a very important part of um, working um, in the workplace and working with teams. So we would encourage you to practice those skills.
0: Excellent. Yeah, and the final thing I would say is, um, and we we talked a lot about this during this episode, is really get your curiosity on, Mm -hmm. you know, bring it with you every day. Um, It'll
1: serve you well. Excellent. Fantastic. And in your process of practicing conflict, don't create it for the purposes of practice. You'll find it. It'll be there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Good thank advice. you. Thank you so much to uh, to you Bridget and Kathy for being our subject matter experts for this very informative series. We appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you for listening. This uh, hopefully this has been helpful to you and your team development and please check out all of the other wonderful courses on elitelearning.com. There are other podcasts and certainly a long list of courses that can help you in developing your career. And this is Leanna McGuire for Elite Learning by Calibri Healthcare. This podcast
0: featured content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Take your learning to the next level by subscribing to more podcasts on compelling healthcare topics.